Spectrum Health and Human Services is located throughout Western New York. For an appointment, call 716-539-5500. If you are in a crisis, you can call 716-710-5172. Their website is www.shswny.org. What's up, people? This is Sean Cudahy, the host of Room 9 Podcast. And I am going to introduce to you very, very quickly... The fifth installment of the collaboration episodes of Spectrum Health and Human Services. And this is a very cool episode because I just sat down with the CEO and the associate CEO of Spectrum Health and Human Services and just had an awesome conversation with them. And this is just an opportunity for you to get to know their personalities, how they got to where they're at, why they got to where they're at, and just the things that are happening and what their vision is for the future. So I really hope you enjoy this episode. As always, you can check this out at room9podcast.com. And you can also sign up for our newsletter and get on over to Spectrum's website as well and check out what they got going on. There's a lot of services that they are providing that are benefiting the community and beyond. They're in seven different counties, as you'll find out listening to this episode, giving their services to people. So please do that. And as always, thank you for listening. Remember, Room 9 has video stuff coming up very, very soon. And I'm excited to start exploring the world of video and reaching people in that manner. Because I think it's something that is really, really missing from the things that we use as catalysts to try to help encourage and love people. And so I'm super excited to really get in depth with that. And if you want to stay in touch with all that and see when the videos and vlogs and everything else is coming out, please get to room9podcast.com, fill out a contact form. You can stay in touch. And there's a lot of things really happening and changing here. And I'm really excited about it. And as time goes and as Room 9 evolves into what my vision is for it to be, it's just going to get more amazing and more amazing. And I'm super excited about that. Thought I'd share that with you. Anyway, this is the fifth episode of Spectrum Health and Human Services. Enjoy it. It's just a really down-to-earth conversation with the CEO and associate CEO. All right, guys. Much love. Peace out. Talk to you soon. joining me you're welcome Here, we got bruce and sydney so the ceo and are you assistant associate ceo, CEO. Associate mm-hmm. CEO is the correct yep. title of spectrum health and human services and i've been working with you guys for some time now trying to think when mm. russ got me connected with you guys that was yeah. what was, beginning of summer i would I say, say yeah, i, I want to say mm-hmm. and yeah so that was pretty awesome he reached out to me and i think i met with you yeah. bonnie and yeah. Judy, Jennifer, come on, I'm really Julie. slipping up. Julie. Julie. I knew it was, it was a Julie. J. Right, uh-huh. was I'm glad Julie. she's not yeah. here to know that I forgot her name. Yeah. But yeah, so I met with you guys then, and it's kind of, I really have enjoyed every moment working yeah. with you guys. It's been, we were excited. It's been fun. Yeah. I think, um, I mean, it's helped me too a lot. You're kind of getting out there and being able to say, yeah, I'm working with Spectrum. Well, we appreciate that, and uh, we appreciate being able to expand our presence on social media and beyond. So, uh, that's something that we're very supportive of. Yeah, that's huge. Mm-hmm. And I think I mean, you kind of have to be to be out there and be on there nowadays to you know reach people and get people connected. Yeah, and I think we were looking for something that would attract a lot of people that might be able to learn something at the same time and mm-hmm. sort of break down some of the barriers and, you know, 
misconceptions about what we do and just sort of real talk. It's sort of our motto, real help from real people who really care. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, Which, and that's what it's all about. I mean, for me, getting into all this kind of, you know, the podcast and everything was really to provide like an authentic, genuine space for people to be at, for people mm -hmm. to come to, people to listen, people to you know, meet and introduce. And that's why I brought up to Bonnie, I should do sit down with you two, because I mean, you guys are the faces of the company. And I think it's important for you people to kind of get mm -hmm. to know you and your mm -hmm. personalities. And that's why I kind of when I say, you know, no preparation, we're just kind of winging it. Well, you guys are more or less winging it. <laughs> Not so much me. <laughs> uh, you know, You've been practicing. That's I right. feel like yeah. that brings up, you know, yeah. the, the authenticity and the, mm -hmm. the genuinity in people. And I like kind of just kind of rolling into it. One of the greatest compliments I've gotten that I've loved is somebody said, I really enjoy your show. I felt like I was just having coffee with you and your guest. And I've mm. always, and that was awesome to me because that, mm -hmm. that is my favorite podcasts are like that. Like you're just sitting there, you almost feel like you can talk and join in, in the conversation while you're listening. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of why I really wanted to sit down with you two is to get to know you a little more, let people get to know you, why you kind of got into this what motivated you to get into this and start it up and you know, all that other fun stuff that comes with those questions. So I guess to kind of kick it off, right. Bruce, we'll, we'll start with you. What kind of motivated you to get into this line of work and move well, forward? Well, it goes back just a few years since I've been in the field for over 40. But what got me into uh, working in this field of human services, behavioral health, was... Uh, while in college, I volunteered to be a tutor to children over on the east side of Buffalo. And uh, out of that experience, I wanted to continue to work with people. So um, that, upon graduation, launched a career with Erie County Child Welfare and then back to graduate school for a social work uh, master's degree and then on to uh, Gateway Longview for another a uh, long period of time in different positions working with youth and families and on to Binghamton for another agency also serving youth and families and then the opportunity to return back here to Buffalo with Spectrum. At that time, the CEO was retiring and I had worked with Spectrum while I was here in Buffalo with uh, Gateway Longview, had a lot of respect for the organization. So threw my head into the ring and was very fortunate to be able to join this agency. And so uh, I've been here now for 15 years, and I just uh, continue to enjoy the work uh, and particularly enjoy the team that's here with Cindy and the rest of the team across the agency. We really have a, a tremendous range of folks with skills and a commitment to do the very best for the people that we serve. So that makes me very happy. Uh, and as a result, I continue to look forward to each day. That's awesome. Yeah. So you started yeah. off with working with kids and stuff. Mm -hmm. Yes. That's, oh, that's cool. That's really And nice. we, Spectrum, uh, while most people think of us in terms of serving adults, we also serve children. Mm -hmm. We have... Uh, on our clinic programs, uh, we have uh, children's uh, mental health services, and we are embedded in at least uh, one primary care practice that is a pediatra uh, pediatric uh, practice that uh, we provide mental health services there. Yeah, that was one thing that I found out that is a common misconception with you guys. Not only do people mistake for the stupid cable company. <laughs> I found out when I sat down with um, Brittany Derry over at the Seneca Street location in South Buffalo, that's when I found out you guys do stuff with kids mm -hmm. and a lot of that mm -hmm. too. And like people can bring their kids <clears throat> in with them if they have an appointment. And mm -hmm. I think that's an awesome service because I think that's a huge barrier for a lot of people in the community is yes. they have kids and they don't know, you know, maybe even their kids are struggling with mental mm -hmm. health issues. And when you can... Mm -hmm bring them in and right. have them taken care of. I think that's a very comforting thing to have. Well, I think that uh, our intent is to provide services across a lifespan, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. uh, whether it's children to folks that are over 65, I think, and in between, you know, we want to make sure that we are inclusive of uh, that whole range of across a lifespan. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're very fortunate, too. We have a great child psychiatrist, um, Dr. Amy DePasqua, and we mm -hmm. have Patty Nisbet, who's a nurse practitioner who does all our kids' 
also and a couple of other nurse practitioners just starting out. So we're fortunate to have really great support to our clinical staff and oh, that's a great. And, that sounds and like easy a good... access for kids and families that need to see top mm-hmm. quality people. So it's important. Yeah, it sounds us, like a good yeah. um, podcast topic for yeah, the future. Yeah, that could be a good podcast. <laughs> and Patty Nisbet, is that any relation? It happens to be my wife. Look at that. Who heads up the psychiatric nurse practitioner graduate program at UB. So uh, I do encourage her to put a good word in to us, uh, mm-hmm. for us, in terms of her students. Yes, and we, we have, get good students that way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, I also twisted her arm. She has one day a week where she uh, does a clinical practice and uh, said, well, we have a need over at Allentown Pediatrics for mm-hmm. a psychiatric nurse practitioner. Would you be willing? And she is. And yeah. has oh, been great. there now for three or four years. Yeah. So. Awesome. It's very fortunate. Okay. I can also see a... Uh, uh, Wife and husband episode in the future. <laughs> Look at that. That would be a good one. Well, I don't I know about that. have a lot of that. stories you can tell, I'm sure. Yeah, well, she's, she's, she's been, very good. She's excellent. So. She's been in the field for a long time mm-hmm. also. So, uh, yeah. And she does enjoy working with children and families. That's great. Mm-hmm. So you both are serving the community, which what else can you ask for? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I tell people all the time, it's almost like a selfish thing when you get into something like this, because for me, I knew I needed to feel like I'm at least in my head making a difference out there, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. even if it's not making it, as long as I can feel like I'm making a difference when I get home and just Mm -hmm. helping one person, one -hmm. person a day is great. You know, even if it's just being able to change their attitude to Mm -hmm. shift more positively Mm -hmm. and I think you guys can both agree with that. Doing this is very rewarding in that sense. Yeah. Well, we, you know, we really focus on being able to help people increasingly take charge of their own lives when they're struggling with issues. And uh, it's not our goal to make people dependent, but frankly, to work with them so that they can leave us behind and Mm -hmm. not, not need us to provide that level of support because now they're in a position to take charge of their own lives and the issues that brought them to us. And if they need to come back and uh, spend a little time with us along the way to uh, refresh, that's great. Um, But in many cases, folks are, in a sense, launched on their own path to be uh, self-sufficient. And that's what we're looking to do to empower people and uh, give them uh, hope and uh, success. Yep, that's beautiful. Very well said. And Cindy, what about you? What kind of brought you to this point in your life? Well, I was first um, started working at Buffalo General, and we there was a community mental health center there. Actually, they tore it down a few years ago. I was a nurse, and I worked an inpatient, and so that was how I started out my career. It was very intense, and uh, it was the beginning of when a lot of community-based treatment was starting to come out, so the old catchment areas each, that's how all of the large agencies sort of developed. Um, they'd only been probably five years or so that they had started to you know, it would bend horizon and all the rest of us started at those okay. times. So um, I got recruited to come to work at South Buffalo at our um, one of our clinics by somebody that was working there and started there 35 years ago and have been here ever since then and been a great opportunity with Bruce here. We've been, I think, in the last 15 years, went from about 100 employees to close to 400. Wow. wow. So we've yeah. done a lot of things and, uh, you know served a lot of people so so it's another kind of case where you just kind of been in this field yeah. as far as helping so and working with people I really always was attracted to I don't know just helping with people in a different way than just physical health since mm-hmm. I was a nurse but saw how important it was and how it impacted people and then coming to spectrum working in the clinics but actually we started developing a lot of community-based programs and kind of reaching out our scope of things and developed a lot of programs that we do now. I think one of the things we do is we really work with a lot of people who have a lot of challenges and that, you know, might be the last kind of attempt, you know, reentry, people coming out of prison, people, you know, homeless, um, individuals that have had difficulty getting the help they need. And we have a great staff that just that's what they like to do and they want to help people. And uh, so I think we've been fortunate to be able to build a lot of those programs and see them success, be successful and then build more. And, uh, you know, I think it's been a great opportunity to do that. So I think I've always seen how the behavioral health piece and how your mental health affects everything in your mm-hmm. life. I guess the rewarding thing for us is that in the last few years, we've seen 
where there's a lot more recognition of that from the physical health and, you know, the rest of the community in terms of the importance that having good mental health. And when I talk about that, I mean that as well as substance use issues. Yeah. Having that um, is really critical to your quality of your life. So Absolutely is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you decide to get from the physiological realm to the psychological realm, which is a million times more challenging. Mm-hmm. At least I personally feel anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Cindy's been a key, key person in uh, the development of uh, Spectrum's programs. Her creativity and can-do attitude and, and skill sets have just been remarkable in terms of her impact. And, you know, it goes beyond Cindy. We have a, a really very, very fine team of staff who are in leadership positions. And my philosophy has always been to surround myself with people that are more expert in their respective areas than I am. So Mm -hmm. from the perspective of uh, Cindy and uh, her program development and implementation skills to human resources with our senior VP to our senior VP for IT and others that are in that circle, um, it is that team that really collectively ends up making the difference in terms of quality of programs, the scope of programs, our ability to really be the agency that we really want to be. We talk about the fact that if you have a cherished loved one who needs a service like what Spectrum provides, but there are others in the community, we want our staff to always think in terms of having Spectrum be their first choice. And if it's not their first choice, then that means we have work to do. And uh, I think, thankfully, there are, for folks uh, who work for us, who do have family members that need help, often we are the first choice for them. And uh, that's something that's really an affirmation of just how much people care and how well people work together. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's beautiful. And it's really kind of almost like, as far as forming a company, especially in this area, very like synergetic as far as having different parts of it just equal and mount up to the whole as far as, mm-hmm. you know, to me, that's what makes a good leader is finding people who are their strengths, finding mm-hmm. what they're better at than you are and honing in on those things mm-hmm. and building up on those. Well, the collective, you know, each of us make a contribution and, and it is key that we have those kinds of uh, expertises. And uh, uh, the reality is that uh, we work together very well. And part of the philosophy is that, uh, and I've always said to the folks that I work with, is that I really, we're all being paid to share our best thinking. And around the table, what I'm looking for is people to share their best thinking, whether it's like mine or not, Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. out of that kind of diversity of thought and of ideas, we're going to end up having the best opportunity to choose uh, a path forward that is going to have a high degree of success. And then we implement it and we look at the results and learning. And if the results are what we were hoping for, great. If not, then we take the learning back and look at uh, how we can apply that to, again, uh, ideas around the table. You know, I think that uh, you just have to create a safe environment for people to feel that they can speak up and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and, and say, you know, the only way you're going to have any difficulty in this environment is if you don't share your best thinking. It's not mm-hmm. that you do and it's different, but rather not, you're not sharing. And people really, I think, respond to that because they, they want to be heard. They want to be able to make a contribution and uh, recognize that uh, out of uh, that diversity of ideas and perspectives and experience and skills, we can come up with the best ways forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that's super important. And mm-hmm. I, that's very obvious as you guys have grown that you've allowed that because I think mm-hmm. that's the only way to right. grow is to allow your team to right. talk and share their ideas and mm-hmm. share what they're right. thinking and whether they agree or disagree. And it's really analogous to almost like therapy where you need your team members to feel vulnerable and they can talk and they can mm-hmm. speak and mm-hmm. share what they're thinking. Cause if that's not there, then there's no growth. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. I think we try to also 
a lot of people like to come to work at Spectrum. A lot of people, when we do our um, satisfaction surveys of our staff, the things they like the most are the work they do and that we're, they are able to fulfill the mission of what they want to do. They like that. And they like the people they work with mm-hmm. and they like their supervisors. So we're always like, that's really great that you actually like the people you work, <laughs> work for. And a lot of people, we have people that they'll leave and try something else and they'll call me up, can I come back to Spectrum? <laughs> and, uh, so I think we try to treat the people who we work with is, is the same way we treat the people that we're serving, you know, make it a place you want to be and mm-hmm. the place you're going to get what you need. Um, so I think that the feedback we get a lot of times is that that seems to have worked. And it's a hard job. You don't pay people. Bruce always says we don't pay anybody here as much money as they're probably worth for all the work that we do. That's right. But there's other things you get out of it, as you said. Yes. The and feeling you're making a difference and you're helping. And mm-hmm. that's why most people come to work here. So. And that's the majority of reason. I've always, <laughs> I have run into, with the exception of one company, which that's, I'll leave it at that. I have not run into anybody who is really around to collect a paycheck, who is just there even throughout when I was a client and a resident in these places. Mm -hmm. I've been in some really like you walk in, you're like, what is this place? But the people there, what made it? Mm -hmm. And even the Mm -hmm. ATCs and, you know, throughout Mm -hmm. New York State that I've Mm -hmm. been involved with, I have just ran into genuinely Mm -hmm. authentic, I want to help you people. Well, and that, you know, that is really the the key to engaging people, whether it's engaging them as a staff member or engaging them in terms of being a, a client to provide services. And I think that uh, we are very committed to the values of the organization. In fact, in every room, we have the values on the wall. Mm-hmm. And uh, we, in fact, evaluate people. Our evaluations format includes how well are people practicing the six values of the organization in their day-to-day work life. And uh, they need to be able to do that in a manner that is at least satisfactory, if not beyond. And if not, then you know, they've got to make some changes because at the core of it and first value is respect. Can you respect your coworker? Can you respect the folks that you work with in the community? And most of all, can you respect the folks that you are uh, providing services to? So as we go through the year uh, and our trainings, values are a very important part of what we hope and expect of people. And, And I think it's one of the reasons why people like Spectrum is because we are very committed to values. And I need to role model that. Cindy does or other folks all the way down the line in terms Mm -hmm. of how we treat each other and how we uh, work together. Yeah. And I think, go ahead, Cindy. But just, I think one of the other things that I think organizationally over the last 20 years, we started out embracing offering and hiring individuals who have struggled with addiction and mental health issues and bringing Mm -hmm. them on as employees. Uh, Some people are in peer positions because that's what they want to do. Some people Mm -hmm. have either moved into other more professional, so to say, positions, you know, that by a title of the job. And others, you know, just happen to have, like a lot of people, had experiences getting care or help. But in terms of people with serious mental illness or addiction who've gotten better and then come to work for us, I think really helped um, change our culture in a lot of ways. When Mm -hmm. you're working next to people and you see what they are doing and what they're going through, Mm -hmm. you can really, it changes how you treat people and and your amount of respect and stuff. So we have a lot of individuals that work for us that would identify themselves. Were at one people. point, and oh yeah, being yeah. helped mm-hmm. by you guys, mm-hmm. okay, yeah. or others by or others, by other yeah. companies, yeah. Mm-hmm. and they're you know, and, and they're comfortable enough in the environment to share that mm-hmm. uh, because it's up to them as to whether they wish to share that, and mm-hmm. and uh, I think that uh, again, it speaks to the folks that they work with that in most cases they're comfortable to do that. And I say that it's important because of I think the stigma that we've been faced with over the years in terms of what the stigma people face for from having you know mental health issues or you know having serious addiction issues that you couldn't really talk about it or you didn't, you know, you didn't really want people to know or there was something wrong with you. Mm -hmm. So I think, you know, when you see people get better and then they can come and tell their story, we've seen that to be really beneficial to the organization as well as to everybody that we serve. Yeah. I mean, you're bringing in experience and Mm -hmm. there's Mm -hmm. nothing better than experience. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's extremely important. And I think that we were oriented to being looking to um, identify folks that might have serious mental health issues as simply a health issue. 
Mm -hmm. uh, or addictions. Uh, again, a health issue, chronic disease, any more than uh, much like uh, diabetes. Uh, if we're talking about treating, uh, you know, whether it's mental health or anything else, you know, it, it is a health issue. And so that's where we come from. Yeah. And that stigma is, it's one of the few areas in the you know, the health world itself that you are your symptom almost, that people right. identify you as your mm -hmm. symptom. Mm -hmm. yeah. And that's that's super important. I think that's one of the biggest need for changes mm -hmm. right now is the language we use. Well, it's interesting we you would say that because we have a, a language rule in our organization. You don't call somebody, you know, a schizophrenic. Mm -hmm. You call this individual has schizophrenia, you know. Right. You don't exactly. say, oh, that addict. You say this person has addiction issues. You know what I mean? So we're very aware of the language we use because I think it's very important. It's extremely important. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, mm -hmm. language itself, I went through a phase even before my addiction being you know fascinated with language and how mm. you know i heard this one he's an ethnobotanist and he talked about the world being made of language and how we what we say creates reality almost mm -hmm. and it's such a limiting thing but it's also such a very powerful thing and to just say i mean I had to change in myself how i talked to myself that was one of my mm. first steps mm -hmm. yeah. like if i knock something yeah. over and being like, Sean, you idiot. If you say something enough, you're mm -hmm. going to start believing mm -hmm. it. Your ego mm -hmm. starts identifying with it, whether it's negative or positive. Right. And that's so important. If somebody is walking around thinking they're a failure, and then you say something that relates them to failure, mm -hmm. identifies them as failure, that's going to just Very send powerful. them. It is. Yeah. Such a it simple is. word. Such a Language simple thing. Language is powerful. It is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, you know, out in the community and, and, uh, interacting with uh, other professionals at times, I really uh, have to uh, bite my tongue because I'll hear someone say, uh, yeah. well, they're a schizophrenic or they're a bipolar or uh, basically it's the very thing that Cindy's saying is people are not, they're not their, not their illness and not mm -hmm. their symptoms. Uh, it's the person and they are struggling with something that is treatable. So it happens, uh, unfortunately, in, in circles that people should know better, but mm -hmm. they don't. It does. Yeah, I did um, an episode with a gentleman by the name of Keith Greer, and he was actually an uh, instructor in my recovery coach mm -hmm. peer advocacy classes that I took back in the beginning of summer and he is huge he goes to a lot of you know professional development mm -hmm. and speaks to a lot of professionals and he just said i it's it's crazy some of the language these professionals are still using mm -hmm. and not even like people who are you know struggling with the disease themselves it's people who are treating it are still using this mm -hmm. you know archaic language and it's he's really goes out there to really promote and try to get people to really change and be aware mm -hmm. of the language they're using because mm -hmm. that's extremely, extremely important. Like I've just mentioned a couple minutes ago, it can make or break somebody. Mm -hmm. yep. Yep. And to really be pushing that in your company, I think is a very good value mm -hmm. to be living by and hold mm -hmm. people by. Yeah, I mean, I think we've even been known to take someone aside at the end of the session and say, um, we don't really say that here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh-huh. That, that we don't want to do public humiliation, so we take them aside. Yeah, a little later. Uh, say, that's right. Education, really. You well, know, it is. And, right, and, right. You know, and people go, oh, wow, yeah, right. Well, I think I that's it. I don't think a well, majority of people, right. I don't think do it to be malicious right. or yeah. harmful. Right. I think they're just not aware of it. Yeah. And, and, and they've heard it expressed that way and they've picked up on it and mm -hmm. now they express it. And so, yeah, and they're not doing it to be hurtful. They're doing it just not realizing what the impact is. So mm -hmm. when you do point it out, in many cases, most cases, people make a change. Yeah, most people mm -hmm. are, oh, wow, I didn't even think of that. Yeah, yeah right, And, and right. usually end up apologizing and mm -hmm. changing your ways. I mean, even something I just read a little article and I kind of opened my mind to the word employee. And the, in this blog, the person talked about how that's such an old word, kind of saying mm -hmm. these people who work under me, who are below mm -hmm. me. And, you know, mm -hmm. they talked about changing it up to like team member or something that involved is more related to a team. Well, you notice most of the time we'll say people we work with, people mm -hmm. that yeah, work with right, us. Right. Yeah. You know, or 
or refer to our staff yeah. as colleagues. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, because exactly. they it are, makes a difference. It yeah, does. Yeah. yeah. It does. Yeah. Uh, anytime that we put something out to all the staff, it's dear colleagues. And they are. You know, and again, it doesn't matter what your position is. The fact is that what's most important is how well you can work together for mm-hmm. a common goal. Well, yeah. And as, as I said earlier, it's all one piece of the puzzle that's making the whole machine move. Mm-hmm. And I always I always use kitchen analogies because I worked in a kitchen most of my life. But in order to have a, a great restaurant, you need the hostess to be on top of her game. You mm-hmm. need the servers to be on top of the, mm-hmm. the exporter. The kitchen needs to be, everybody needs to be working the dishwasher. That's right. right. And one thing gets muffled up, the whole thing gets mm-hmm. rusty. And yep. you need to really keep on top of that. Well, that's absolutely true. I mean, in our clinic programs, the first person that uh, an individual meets is the person that's at the front desk, mm-hmm. how they respond uh, and what kind of respect they're Good offering point. and support mm-hmm. and uh, and so forth. So it, uh, it everyone's efforts uh, are critical to providing services of the quality that uh, we'd want a loved one to mm-hmm. be able to have access to. Absolutely. I think the other, um, you know, just thinking about things in terms of spectrum, the thing that we do, and not a lot of people always know it, but we do the crisis line for all of the kids and families in Erie County. So we run a 24-7 crisis. It's called the CARES team, but we we respond to all kids and families in, in, in their homes or in schools or in other places. And we've also expanded over the last few years to do crisis outreach work in different counties mm-hmm. um, to help cover the crisis lines there. Um, Wyoming, Genesee, Orleans, Orleans County. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you guys, you guys are spread out yeah, pretty so far. Crisis work is something I think we've embraced and, you know, kind of developed. We do a lot of the 24-7 call for other some of the other agencies as well. How do you, you guys know? now go about doing that as far as, like, can somebody be ready to answer the phone yes, while they're at somebody, home? Yes, yeah. So, so when we're not just... in the office, our care team, they're in the office till 10 o'clock at night, but when we're not in the office, we have on-call staff that answer the phone. Okay. And then we have backup teams if they need to go out at nighttime. But we provide that in, in Erie County, but in our other counties, we have people that we've hired that live in those counties that right. do that, and we just sort of we organize it, support it, mm-hmm. supervise it, and provide all the structure to it, so... It's not, it's not an easy program to uh, do and implement well, but and Cindy's been at the lead of developing that program, and it's, uh, it's done well, and other counties have asked us to come in and provide that service because they have uh, recognized that we do that well here in Erie, and hence we're now in four counties doing that. And Spectrum is across six counties currently, Erie, Niagara, Cattaraugus, uh, Wyoming, Genesee, Orleans, and soon to be in the seventh county. We just were mm-hmm. awarded a new program uh, in Monroe County. Awesome. And, uh, so we're just going to be launching that program in the next uh, month or two. So, uh, yeah, there's a lot that we do that go beyond just clinic programs. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I think that uh, we have a supported housing program that now is climbing toward 300 apartments in the region between Erie and Wyoming County, and that's for people that are struggling with uh, serious mental illness and homelessness and need stable housing, and uh, we're into uh, forensic services, and we just have a health home, right? Yeah, I just sat down with them. So, you know, there's a number of programs that we provide that uh, meet different needs of folks in the community. And uh, again, I think that that's part of part of our mission, which is to provide services that match up well with the needs of people. And we also like working, you know, with other agencies and supporting the community and people, you know, and putting Mm -hmm. that first, I think. So, you know, we might do crisis work for some of the other agencies and, you know, we're working with their clients. They trust us to do that. and, And, you know, then we'll give them the information back. And, you know, I think that's one of the things we've always done. We've ran a lot of programs that interface with a lot of other agencies yes. within the community. So I think we'd like to get along and kind of be a partner with as many people mm-hmm. that's going to provide better care for the community. Yeah, and I you think know? I think that's something that I have, have been, we kind of discussed it before we sat down and recorded a little bit, that I've been trying to kind of, I have a vision somewhere along the line to kind of bring that out to the community because I don't think enough people know mm-hmm. about how much, companies are working together as a whole and 
you know, from going to from jail to a short term to a long term to all these different places, a lot of people have this it's all about money kind mm-hmm. of concept and they get stuck in it. Mm-hmm. They really do. I've just so many people get stuck in it and I think they feel like you guys can do whatever you want. Like there's not Oasis doesn't exist and there's no laws or rules that you have to abide by. <laughs> yeah. And they're really, I mean, this is a lot of the right. ways a lot of people think. Yeah. And That's unfortunate. Cause it is. Yeah. And my, you know, I kind of have a vision of really getting that out to the public mm-hmm. along with continuous work um, between I th- companies. I think that's great because I think people do have a lot of misconceptions they about do. things. A they ton. Do. You know? mm-hmm. A ton. There's a lot of uh, ignorance out there. I mean, quite honestly, a lot of the things that we do sometimes is because of the regulations and because of what we are allowed or not allowed to mm-hmm. do or get paid for or don't get paid for or you have to require, you know, it's not like I always say to our, even our staff, we didn't make this up. You know, this is this is something <laughs> that right. we have to figure out that's how to right. make it work uh-huh. because we want to be in the business we're in, not that's because right. we think that's necessarily mm-hmm. the yeah, best and I, way. And so many people mm-hmm. are very, I had a message from somebody who I will let them re, uh, remain anonymous, but they said, they mentioned something about, it was more related to Horizon. And I talked about this with Anne when I did a, a podcast with her, but you know, he said something about me having blood in my hands because being beholden to Horizons, but he loves my podcast. <laughs> But I had my blood on my hands. It was just, it was so yeah, crazy. Yeah, and like, and I do, I said the same thing to Anne. I think people think you guys have nobody, no guidelines, nobody telling yeah, you no. what you can and cannot do. And they're clueless to it. Yeah. yeah. No. Far from the truth. Right. Um, Absolutely. We, there are some, some regulations that actually are uh, positive and support. There mm-hmm. are some that we have to live with and try and find ways, as Cindy indicated, to to work with them and make sure that they're not obstructing really good quality treatment. And that's very challenging. And uh, the reality is that uh, as a not-for-profit organization and the way in which the state funds uh, our types of uh, organizations, we're always chronically underfunded. Mm-hmm. Hence, when we were talking earlier about not being able to really pay staff truly what their work is worth, uh, it has to do with the limitations of the funding. What we do promise staff right from day one is we will always do the best for them within the resources of the agency uh, in each and every instance. So that's the commitment that we make, and you know, we, we work hard to be able to do that. To uphold that, what are yeah. what are some of the the barriers you guys find from the state and or and or from Oasis? I guess that kind of is the state mm-hmm. that they put in front of you that you have to find workarounds yeah. with. And well, I think one of the the CCBHC, which you've heard us talk about, mm-hmm. the Certified Community Behavioral Health Center, and we're one of the agencies in the state of, of thirteen thirteen that are were awarded that, and we're in year three already. That has been a huge lift to make it. To, to get it to do it. I mean, it was a lot of things we had to put in place quickly. But the reimbursement and what you're allowed to do and get paid for in terms of community visits with people, hiring case managers, hiring peers to work on the team, hiring more nurse practitioners and more nurses to work on our staff, all those things and getting paid to do them has taken away so many barriers that we had for years Okay, because yes. we could not afford to run the clinics. We could, I mean, you know, and you'll talk to someone like Ann will say, you can't afford to run the clinic. I mean, because <laughs> if you get paid, you know, the regular, you know, standard rate they were paying just a clinic, you, you would go broke, really, yeah. you know. Yeah, the sad part is that somewhere around uh, 30% or more of the outpatient mental health clinics in the state have closed because of the inadequate funding and mm-hmm. just could not continue to operate with the huge losses that uh, that they were incurring. So as Cindy's saying, having been awarded uh, one of 13 uh, agencies in the state for this Certified Community Behavioral Health Clinic model has been a huge opportunity to do more for people uh, because we're being provided with resources that actually uh, fund these additional resources that Sydney mentioned. Yeah, so we have a community team. So if you have a family member or you have somebody who doesn't come into the clinic and can't come or won't come, because that is the case a lot of times. People get yes. treatment a lot of times because somebody else wants them to, not because they're necessarily mm-hmm. seeking it. And, you know, we have a team that includes, you know, counselors, um, a nurse practitioner, case manager, and nurse that goes out to the house, visits the person, does the 
assessment can provide medication and ongoing support, try to get them linked into other things. So um, before you could get that on our ACT team in the county, and um, both Best Self and Spectrum do ACT teams, but it was very limited number of people, like 68 on our team for the whole county. And then you had to be approved by the county, so you had to meet certain criteria okay. to be able to get it. These services now we're putting in place, it's, it's sort of like we have a lot of leadership staff that are like, what can we do to help that person get better and avoid going to CPAP into the hospital and going mm-hmm. through that whole cycle? Because there's nothing good about that when you end <laughs> no, up no, there's with not. that. You know, that's just a hard place to have to go. So I think we're we're fortunate. So the barriers, I think, for the first time in a long time, I think are la- a lot less. A lot less? <laughs> Which well, is, and, yeah. and the outcomes are really, the state is seeing outcomes in terms of people's overall improvement. Uh, and just to give an example, um, uh, the state shared that the Certified Community Behavioral Health Clinics, the 13, when you measure their clients uh, going to ERs uh, versus the traditional outpatient clinics, the CCBACs have a 26% lower instance of their clients and our clients going to the emergency room than the traditional clinics. And that has to do with these different innovations that Cindy's talking about, community teams, outreach, 24-7 crisis support Mm -hmm. for people that are clients. All of that makes a difference in terms of ultimately the overall health of the individual and their uh, dealing with with, uh, the challenges that they have. So we're excited about that. Yeah, and I think for the last, I don't know, six, seven years when health homes came, then we provided care coordination to a lot more people who could mm-hmm. get support in the community. That was another, that was sort of the first step, I think, to providing more services to individuals. Housing is still a big challenge for people. Yes, Employment is, is a big challenge for people. Yeah. A lot of those things are, mm-hmm. are challenges. But I think providing, integrating health care, we just started our holistic health clinic, which I know you talked with them as yeah, well. Yeah, that was the um, first episode. You know, and, and having, screening more for physical health, um, actually having a nurse practitioner who's that's they're a family nurse practitioner who can actually see people do assessments and treat them and try to link them that's a huge um, problem because a lot of the individuals that have serious behavioral health issues um, don't often get the care they need for no. physical health yeah. no, that's which usually. is why they die on average 25 years younger than the rest of us because they've not had the physical health care and treatment uh, for a lot of different reasons uh, and us being able to get them connected with primary care having them uh, get treated if they're being challenged by diabetes or heart disease to start getting uh, adequate treatment not only can it make a, a difference in the quality of life, but actually the length of life. We have about 35 at least nurses that work across the agency. So um, we do a lot of physical health kind so of people stuff. People can come in and get yeah, their checkups um, or whatever it yeah, is they and need. Yeah, and identify the issues and, and sort of get them linked to where they go. So I think that's something that CCBHC does pay for now. When we first started, it wasn't really paying for, but we knew it was the direction to go mm-hmm. to try to do that because you, you really just, you would see in our, we have a special incident review meeting monthly, you would just see people 50, 45, 50 dying, you know, that have been, you know, and, and which so is young, yeah, young, yes. especially oh, yeah. nowadays, you know, yeah. I don't right. expect that. So that's separate from even the addiction issues that we would see people dying. That's just people who've had chronic health conditions at a young age. Yeah, I think that so, that's awesome. Because I mean, hence holistic, you're taking care of everything, mm-hmm. psychological, physiological, right. you know, well, and people, people that, uh, need psychotropic medication to really help them with their serious mental health challenges is, you know, uh, many of these medications do just a wonderful opportunity to reduce symptoms and help people to regain sort of normative life. But at the same time, many of them have side effects that include uh, significant weight gain or can really contribute toward developing uh, diabetes uh, or potentially heart disease. So that's where you need to have uh, very active and and uh, physical health kind of uh, assessments and interventions. And our nursing staff is a big piece of being able to do that and and, uh, connect people. 
That actually is a good segue into we've sort of expanded our, our name. We've been Spectrum Health and Human Services, but we have are now emphasizing the Spectrum Health, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. mostly to differentiate us more from the Spectrum the stupid cable, cable company. company. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which sucks, by yeah. the way. Yeah, we, uh, we were not thrilled about uh, the when name. When they came in. That's no. Right. Yeah, and uh, we feel like sometimes putting up a big sign, Spectrum Health and Human Services, and underneath it, we're not your local local cable company. Yeah. Uh, we provide good services right. unlike them. Well, it is it's we get calls every day yeah. that, oh that are people complaining or that try to drop off their equipment or yeah. whatever. Right. Right. But yeah. we are trying to we are trying to focus on the health piece so that people are more aware that mm-hmm. there's something and changed our our font logo right. a little bit. But. Well and, and we we continue to expand and this is one of the ways in terms of reaching out to the community and making the community aware mm-hmm. of what our services are and who we are and uh, what the opportunities are to get help if they or a family member really need the kind of help that we can provide. Yeah, I think one of the things that um, I know a lot of us have tried in the community is easier access to care. And I think there's mm-hmm. still a lot of people that don't have a clue how to get the help you need when somebody's going through something, right? I mean, I have people that will call me up personally and say, how do I get my, no, there is. you know, my, yeah. you know, what significant other to go to, what do I do? Where do I go? How do I get mm-hmm. help? You know, so I think, you know, we have call screen, you can get in that day, the next day, get seen, you know, I mean, I think we're all working towards a a system, and I know at Spectrum, it's a high priority to get people in the door faster. If you need to see a doctor, a nurse practitioner, happen that have it happen faster, mm-hmm. you know, and trying to get you rather than waiting for, you know, four to six weeks. Yes. And, well, this is one know. of those those things where you need to have, be able to have an offer quick, right? And because right. especially yeah. with right. substance use, right? Um, more so with that, I feel like you have time to. Mm-hmm. to kind of sit and let things marinate a little bit you end up like convincing your that other voice comes in you really don't have an issue here right. you know right. you don't need to right. get this taken right. care right. of and right. i think that's extremely important mm-hmm. when people are reaching out and looking for help typically it's because they're in a crisis and they don't want to hear that oh well we can get you in in four to six weeks no. to see somebody right. no they do not and as cindy's saying uh we've organized our clinics so that we can provide same day next day access and if someone's walking in without an appointment we can modify what's happening to see them at some point within the you know the next two or three hours if need be to fit them in that's great to kind of uh to wrap this up i want to ask you guys this last thing of what do you guys want people to know other than that you're not the cable company what is like (laughs) the main thing that you want you know the Western New York and all this mm-hmm. now seven counties you guys are servicing, you know, what, what is it that you guys want them to know about you as a, as a group of people here? Well, um, I think we've touched on this uh, a little bit earlier. I think that we want people to know that the people that are Spectrum uh, and who provide services are really selected for the fact that they have not only uh, exceptional skills, but because they are folks who truly do care and who are there to provide the kind of support that people might need at some point in their life and also to provide the opportunity to leave us behind because we've helped them to become able to manage uh, whatever the challenges are without having to depend on us. So I think that and we're, we're, we're proud that people launch from our services and mm-hmm. leave us behind because that represents success. It does. Yeah, absolutely. I think I would say don't give up hope. Don't give up hope that maybe this time it'll work and maybe this time you can get the help. And we're not perfect. If something doesn't go right, call us, call here, mm-hmm. give us an email. We have a online website. But, you know, keep keep trying. And I think here, I know I work every day with people that sit in rooms that all they want to do is do the best job. Mm-hmm. So... I don't know. I think sometimes people, if they've had a bad experience or if it didn't work the first time, they might decide not to try again or feel like it's hopeless. But I think one of the things we do give people is hope. You know? Yes. Which so, is, I mean, we got to have hope. We need mm-hmm. that. Yeah. If people who don't have hope end up giving Absolutely. up and checking out and right. that's extremely important. Yep. I, I'm fascinated for some reason with different theologies and Kabbalism is a theology I really kind of was interested in at one point. And I always looked at, you know, rehab in the sense of how you have this 
tree of life and then God was at the top. And each time you would try and try. And if you failed, you would just start over again to get to this next step closer to where God is. And mm. I always looked at rehab like that with relapse mm. and stuff yeah. is, yeah. you know, besides a God thing, because that's a whole nother topic. If you want to get into that with me, we can have a discussion. But, you know, you try. It's a, it's more self-awareness each time. Okay, I've become more aware of this. Right. This yeah. is where I screwed up. This is what I need yeah. to work on. And if you mm-hmm. fail again, it doesn't matter if you fail 20 times. Right. What's important is that you keep moving forward and keep mm-hmm. finding in yourself what it is that mm-hmm. you need to work on. Mm-hmm. Because to try to change everything you need to change in one run is really unheard of. Right, you can get there overnight. No, no. no. And it's, you know, the the important part, as you're saying, is what's the learning that you've gotten from that most recent effort that you didn't mm-hmm. feel uh, went as far as you wanted it to do? And how can you apply that learning then to make uh, the next effort uh, more successful in terms of how you measure success? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Learning. And I think everybody's different. And I think that one of the things that you know, we try to do is not to be cliche, but person centered. I mean, what is it, what's going to work for that person? Mm-hmm. And, and what does that person need? Right. And how do you help them get that? Mm-hmm. You know, and, you know, like it may not be the right program or the right person. You don't connect with everybody that you meet the first time. But no, we're, and they might we're not very be ready. open to yeah. switching things up or doing whatever. Right. So. And, you, and you have to be, or else you wouldn't be successful in here right. because each individual is how you attack it in quotes, but mm-hmm. how you, you know, reach it and try to work with it is so Mm -hmm. different because everybody journey is so different Mm -hmm. and mentally we're as much as we're kind of alike in this Mm -hmm. vague sense we're so different Mm -hmm. (laughs) but it's great to get the word out because i i always say to people is anybody in this room could stand up and say you don't know somebody who has mental health problems or addiction Mm -hmm. problems yeah and you're hard pressed (laughs) to to find that i remember a guy in a group i was at it might have been like a smart recovery meeting or something but you know, he said, you know, raise your hand if you know anybody who's died in active service in the military. And I think he had one person. There's like a hundred of us in there and everybody would almost raise their hand whether you were affected some way, shape or form by substance use, by Absolutely. mental health. Right. And I mean, you're hard pressed. And I think, right. I don't think it's new. I think people are becoming more comfortable to open up mm-hmm. and talk about, talk about it, it. Yeah. which is important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, well, thank you very much for sitting down with me. This was right. awesome. Sure. Thank you. thank you for the opportunity. We, have, we had over an hour in here, so wow. it flies by. <laughs> yes, it does. Yes, it does. Thanks. Thanks All right. Thank you, Bruce. All Sydney. right. Thank you very much. Take care. Okay, okay, okay. Hope you guys enjoyed that episode. I thought it was pretty just down to earth and a cool conversation and an awesome opportunity to get to know Bruce and Sydney. And as my daughter said in the beginning, you can get the Spectrum's website at www.shswny.org. Check out what they got going on. They have their blogs there. You can set up appointments. You can find their locations. You can find out what their services are. And you can also donate. So please do that. And I will be talking to you guys very, very soon. All right. Much love, have a great week, and I will talk to you later. Peace.